1: Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here on Movie Beat. Uh, My guest today is Mr. Peter Marshall. Uh, director, first assistant director, producer. Uh, I'm going to encourage you, if, if this is your first time listening, uh, go back and read Peter's bio at uh, rexsikes.com. That's the official web address for Rex Sykes Movie Beat. That's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. That's my name, I'm your host, and Peter's bio page is there. He's done 21 episodes in what we're calling the director series. We've been talking about directing. Uh, directing actors, uh, breaking down the script and the screenplay, uh, blocking. I mean, you name it, we've been covering it. If this is your first time, you're going to want to go back and listen to all the other ones at your leisure because you can do that anytime, 24-7, because all of the interviews are archived right there at uh, com at the Interviews blog. So go and listen to all of those. You'll be glad you did. Peter is a tremendous resource, and uh, we're very lucky to have him uh, doing this uh, series for us. Also, his web address is actioncutprint.com, actioncutprint.com. We'll talk more about that in just a moment, and we'll be bringing Peter on in just a moment. Uh, Please reach out and invite other people to listen, whether they're listening live or archived. If you're listening live, the chat room is open. Join us in the chat room. Uh, We'd be glad to have you there. All of these interviews are also available as podcasts from the iTunes store. Uh, Whenever you listen live or archived, please uh, leave comments both during and after the show at the player or tweet or facebook about it it helps us reach others and we certainly appreciate that all right thanks so much for joining us and for those of you in the chat room welcome today um as i said we're going to we're going to continue with episode or or part 22 of the director series here in just a moment but let me first say had a wonderful time meeting up with friends and uh colleagues back in los angeles my hometown uh i go back and forth quite frequently and uh, I had a, I'm had always overscheduled, and so if I missed up, not able to get a hold of you or meet you or see you or something, I apologize. Next time, I'll be back soon. Um, um, I'm going to tell you this now. The show today, uh, we have a show today and a show tomorrow. Tomorrow is producer, writer, director Penn Densham. Uh, he's going to be joining us. He's got a movie coming out uh, the first of March called Phantom, and uh, you'll know him for many other things. Uh, and that's the last show of this week that I'm in New York and D.C. for the following week. I come back. I think we do a show. And then I go to see Peter Marshall in Toronto, and we're going to talk about that, too. So uh, before we have uh, get too further along, let's uh, welcome Peter to the show today. Peter, how you doing?
0: I'm doing really well today. A um, little overcast here in Vancouver. I'm looking out at the North Shore Mountains and a lot of crows on the trees and the wires. We actually have a little bird feeder here, Trilby and I, so we get the little sparrows and the odd crow comes in and shakes everybody up. But uh, all's good. All's good in Vancouver. Thanks
1: wow well that's that's so cool um you know i'm one of the things I miss most about living on the West Coast are the mountains and of course the ocean and yep. uh, and for me down in in the l a area the desert but uh, the fact that you can look at the mountains and have such a marvelous view uh overcast or not uh <laughs> to me is is uh, an incredible um is 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 opportunity right there for you so there you go uh, you make me envious every time there you, <laughs> you <know. laughs> cool. Um, well, let's let's right out of the gate. Let's talk about what's coming up uh, the ninth the, uh, and tenth of March in Toronto.
0: Yes, uh, for Raindance Canada, Raindance is a great organization. Uh, they're out of Toronto, but actually out of England, and and uh, they they are having me come in about every three months into Toronto to teach uh, two day workshops. And the one coming up in March ninth and tenth is directing actors. And uh, you're going to be at that one, so finally got you yeah. up into up into there. the country there. So I'm looking forward to uh, That'll be the first time we actually sit together and meet each other. We've known each other <laughs> for a couple of years and talked to each it's, other quite often. It's been often. about four
1: years, actually. Yeah. yeah, probably. I
0: know. It's been quite a long time. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a directing actor workshop, pretty hands-on, and uh, they can get information on my website at actioncutprint.com if anybody's interested uh, on that. So that's the, what's going on in Toronto.
1: That is fantastic, and I look forward to to being there as well. I mean, I really do. It's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. I encourage everybody uh, who can uh, to uh, check it out. And where can they check it out? Besides, they can check it out at your website, right? Actioncutprint.com. Yeah,
0: or they can go to Raindance. Uh, uh, rain raindance. I can. Raindance. Dot. I'll give you the. Sorry, you caught me on that one. I'll I'll, I'll find
1: that in a second, and I'll let everybody know. Okay, and, and uh, uh, besides uh, ActionCutPrint.com, you have a, an e-zine and a, a blog. You've got the director's chair and film directing tips, and so people should uh, also know to check into into those.
0: Yeah, Please. and I think on my website, I've also have a, a film uh, directing coaching service, and they can check all the information. I do a lot of film coaching over Skype, and uh, I have clients around the world right now, so it's pretty easy with scripts and PDFs and Skype calls. It's amazing. So sitting down having a chat, so anybody that's interested in that, they can check out on, on on my website under Film Directing Coach.
1: Fantastic. Well, we've been talking about um, uh, directing and, and the different components, the different uh, skill sets, mindsets, uh, talent sets necessary for the director, the different uh, responsibilities and tasks that a director does from the moment they uh, decide they're going to, to uh, work with a, a screenplay all the way through to uh, working with actors and then filming the, uh, the actual production. And we were talking about acting and um, and uh, um, uh, the last time some good performance traits that directors look for in actors, and today we're going to discuss uh, qualities as well um, that you want to look for. So uh, is the
0: uh, character yeah, these are in the casting <laughs> sessions we're talking about, yeah.
1: Yes, yes, I'm sorry. With with casting. So, uh, so do you look for somebody who looks like the part? Is is a person to look like a priest or a doctor or a soldier what uh, is the character type in the actor?
0: Well, the character again, we we t- we talked about the top I mean just to to I always have to re uh, review just a little bit for people that haven't uh haven't heard us speak about it, but really the top 3 qualities, there's so many qualities and we're going to be talking about a lot of them, but the top 3 for directors when you're casting are, number one, do they look the part? Uh, number two, do they have range? And number three, can they take direction? And we've talked about that in great detail. And that's a combination. So when we're talking about the character type is, you know, when a person walks into the room, to the casting room, uh, you, know, d- you know, in your mind is if you're a producer or director or casting agent, you're looking at the person. I guess the first thing we always look at is, in that split second they walk in is, do they look the part? Is that the person that you you had in mind? Um, it's what I call the 50% rule. I mean, they walk in the door and by the time they hit their mark, you sort of have made a decision right there, do they look the part or not? Now, if they look the part, you just hope they can, they're a good actor. Uh, if they don't, uh, you know, then it's also you hope they're a good actor because you're looking for performance first. That's the number one thing to to be aware of when you're casting but a character type is is absolutely critical in the sense that uh, you know if you're looking for a military man uh or a woman and, and do they look do they have the bearing of that so that does uh, play a part in it so you're always these qualities like you said a character type uh, what kind of character are you you know uh, is is uh, are you looking for and do, does the actual actor embody that and that helps i mean again that's not going to be the deciding factor and nor should it i mean it's it's the performance capability that you're looking for and we'll talk a little more uh... further on that so yes that's the character type and as we move through uh... you know as you move through these qualities it's um... sort of what's you know in the script what's the what does the character think of themselves? you know is it what you know we all have our egos and And in real life, too, but characters through dialogue, what do they think of themselves? What's what is what is their own persona? And I think that in the script, so you want to look at the actor coming in and going, well, do they embody that as well? And I think also added to that, I know it may seem strange, but what's the image or the what does the actor think of themselves? Because you know we want the actors to feel comfortable in the role, and do they have you know is it a big stretch? of um, you know in the character so you want you know that they're trying to do is like is it all going to be quote-unquote acting or is a lot of it going to be natural and i think that's what you're also looking for sort of a natural physical physicality um, a way they talk hold themselves uh, all of that is always uh, you know the the 100 uh, the you're looking for so those are the kind of character and image types we, we try to look for
1: now, now, we're talking about casting. So, I mean, this, this is the person who's coming into the session and, and you're looking for these qualities or these traits and, uh, and or, you know, whether they embody the thoughts, you know, that the character would... Do you, Mr. Director, do you, Peter Marshall, do you differentiate between the person who walks in the room who either looks the part or doesn't look apart and the moment when they actually begin acting? Because, uh, you know, I mean... Should people come in in character, or should they come in as themselves well, that's a question
0: that's a very difficult question my and again, you're a director as well. I believe uh and there's no rules to this, so it really it's six and one and a half dozen the other. I would uh, think, but I think that how I run an audition is I would like the person to come in as as the actor as as the person because we're going to talk to them a little bit do you have any questions they have to do their slate they have to say their agent from there may there may be a little chatter and those are the quick things I do as a director just to see how comfortable they are uh, who they are as a person um, if I see any bonding, if there's if there's anything like maybe I'll ask where where are you from, you know, and then say, oh uh, oh uh, you know, you're from Italy oh you went to Italy oh my God I would, you know so you try to find a bond so I li- I like the beginning of it to be very personal because I know that they're going to go into a character so I'm trying as a director to see all sorts of things in a, a very short period of time and of course as you know very well Rex as an actor everybody's sitting in the hallway and you're sitting in the hallway with your sides and you're looking down the row of chairs and there's nine other people that look just like you. <laughs> and you're okay. going to go in and you go, one of us ain't going to get this. I mean, nine of us aren't going to get this. So it's like there's, there's, a, there's a nervousness which I'm, I try to dispel immediately when, when they walk into the room. Um, I'm the kind of director that sort of gets up or introduces and maybe shakes their hand depending on the room, the table and all that. But I just, I, just, I want... To establish a very friendly atmosphere, first of all, because it's a it's a very not very friendly or warm environment because uh, it's real all business, right? When you walk in, so I guess to, to to recap all that for me personally, I would like to see the real person walk into the room and not in character. But if they walk in in character and that's the way they're doing it, that's fine too.
1: So, I mean, I. You know, from my experience, I would agree with you. I want to see, I want to see the person because I want to know who the person is. That if they get hired, am I going to like hanging out with them?
0: You know, well, yeah.
1: And, you know, and working with them. And if they're playing a serial killer or a depressive or something, I don't I don't need to see that walk into the room. No.
0: <laughs> preferably not. But I think also that, but you know, on the other side, and I think for actors listening to this is important that in in our in our subconscious, if you walk in as Rex Sykes and and you're you're saying hello, and where are you from, and in all of this, and then when you perform, we see it automatically. We're seeing a difference. Well, that's giving us a little sense of range and a little a little sense of that the, the person has some acting chops. If you, you know, walk I, in the room and you're sort of supposed to be this military man in this character, and that's and 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 in your real life and or at least your persona when you walk in, uh, and, and the cast, I may not see much difference. You see what I'm saying? So I want to know who's the real person, like you said.
1: And and I know that there are people who differ on this with us. Mm. I mean, there are people, I've, I've talked to some even on my show, who say, no, nope, walk in and be the character. Absolutely, um, sure. But I'm I'm going to say this, I'm going to fess up. I suck at auditions. I mean, I've kind of lucked into everything I've ever gotten because I don't think it was the strength of my audition that I ever got it. It was probably the fact that I got to talk before the audition, and then they could yes. see um there are people who are professional auditioners i mean they are good at coming in and and uh, being the character and doing it for me it was always way too much pressure for me and, you know and i'm still even to this day i battle with that and go you know it should be fun it should be my opportunity to act it's it's you know there i it's, it's it's the the audition is so different from doing the job.
0: Yes. I believe
1: as an actor well, and director it's just almost completely. harder. My god, you know. Well, it's far yeah. harder because once you have the job, I think, you know, you can relax in your skill sets and your confidence, you can work on your, you know, you can you sometimes you have time, sometimes you don't to develop the character, but but you know, because you might be cast today and work tomorrow. Yeah. But you know, replace somebody or or get the job. But but there's a whole different, you know, once you've got the job, if I got the job, you <laughs> the ego is 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 like intact, whereas yes. you're still trying to get the job, and there's nine people out there or ninety people out there, which sometimes is is even more the case um it it's just a very different thing, so for actors to be able to walk in and and be um themselves and be charming and 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 demonstrate that they can turn it on and turn it off i think i i, I agree with you wholeheartedly yeah.
0: well i also think that there has to be a little homework done on the actor side too so i i think that well i think the most important thing i'm going to say is do whatever you feel is the most comfortable for yourself that's number one i mean if, it, if it's coming in in character and staying in the character because you you've driven in your car as a character to stay there yeah. then do it i mean you know, because it's because of this business. It's you know, like casting is the is the bottleneck of the film industry. I always call it you know that little small hole that everything has to go through, and it is a real bottleneck. And, and how can you know actors have to say, well, in five minutes, how can I show somebody what I can you know what I can get in five or ten minutes? Well, on the other side too is producers and directors. It's like, well, we only have five or ten minutes to see something too. So don't forget, it's a two way street here. But the most important thing is feel comfortable you're going to as actors you're going to get a lot of different information from people you're going to you're going to get different information from other actors you're going to take um you know workshops and seminars about casting there's so many of those and everyone maybe tell you something different and, and well the the bottom line is there is no really rule to it it's about do you feel comfortable about it the other thing too is maybe you have uh, you can do a little bit of research maybe there's a uh, a casting director that likes uh um, you know that likes a certain way that people come in, or a director likes to. She likes to chat personally for you. Like, if you find those things out, then then maybe move to that. That's about doing your homework. You know, check other. Maybe you have other friends that have auditioned for the for the director. Well, what's he like or is she like? Well, do your homework, and then at least you know. But I think the bottom. You know, at, at the end of the end of the. You know, at the end of all of this. It's like you still have to perform and 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 show us your range and, and show us you can take direction mm-hmm. and you know so it's up and to that, you and
1: and that is our job and and part of our job as many casting directors will tell uh, my listeners or tell their students or they'll tell me you know your job is to get the job yeah <laughs> and, exactly you know yeah that's uh, your job that's what actors do is you but know, it's they,
0: so difficult. In for, in the casting session in the audition. I mean, I've been in dozens and dozens and dozens of these things, and on the other side, of course, is a director, and it's just you can just you could just see. So it's like you're going to get directors or, or producers or castings that are just you know they're going you know they're going to allow you the freedom. They're going to give you the second opportunity. They're going to give you adjustments. They're going to be friendly. Uh, then there's going to be a whole other group that aren't. They're going. to, I mean. I've heard horror stories, you know, of uh, of walking into rooms where people are on their phone and you're trying to do an audition, or they're not even looking at you, or, you know, okay, thank you, bye, you know, and they're rude, and, and it's just, whoa, you know? I mean, at least as a director, when I'm auditioning, I can control the room, because it's really the director's audition, right? So you kind of set the precedent of anybody that's around me is going to be have a lot of respect for the actors, because it's this is how i'm i'm performing as well as a director you have to understand that it's like how uh, how i approach you i want to see things and i don't know you know and i'm just as all these actors come in um you know we have to judge too well, how do we get callbacks how do we know how to come back so it, it's a difficult process all around
1: so so to recap just a bit and move forward you know character type do they look the part you know um do they think the thoughts of the character, and then and and can they you know do they demonstrate range? Well, now what about the thoughts they think of themselves and and the choices they make and some of these other um, things that are important?
0: Well, yeah, I mean I think there's uh, oh. active choices are are something that are you know actors understand and, and they learn when they take their training, and you want to make active choices, and you know it's a sort of action reaction kind of thing and you want to always of course the other thing too is you want to see some of the real person within that character as well so it's um you know it's a, it's a casting is this I don't casting will never ever be 100%. There's no there's not a guarantee. It's like when you go rent a camera, you know what the camera can do or the lenses can do. It's like you're dealing with people and human beings and and uh and it's just everything's going to be different. I mean, just Going back a little bit, like you said, there's so many actors, so many great, brilliant actors out there around the world that nobody will ever get to see because they can't get through the audition. They 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 stumble, they fall. It's too nervous. Um, this happens to a great many actors, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and it just part of the process like you said your job is to get the job whether you're nervous or not how do you do that i'm i'm um uh it's i'm i'm in the middle of reading larry moss's book right now uh-huh. which i'm going to give a plug to larry i've seen him sure. uh, I've, I've audited one of his courses here the intent to live by mm-hmm. larry moss and and i was just reading yesterday about a you know auditioning and it's like yeah everybody's nervous and he says we well, have to breathe so that The main trick I can give everybody is just breathe, you know,
1: just just breathe
0: before you go in. Breathe, breathe, and then, you know, try to be as calm as possible. I mean, try, those are the optimum words. But it is a very difficult process. And on the other side of the coin, there's also actors, like you said, who can come in and nail auditions. They are brilliant uh, as long as they look the part that people are looking for, yet maybe when they get on set, they kind of fall apart a bit. You know, like there's these two sides, right? And they don't have the chops. They can nail auditions because of they're very comfortable in that, or that's that's their stick, whatever it is. But they just tend to not have not have it all. So as directors, after a while, we get to know that. Um, wow, we just really never know. And so it's it's really the the giving the adjustments where we change the objective is really the secret sauce of a casting. So when an actor comes in, I think we talked about this before, you know, when an actor comes in and, you know, we do the introduction do your slate and then you do your first you just do your first scene with no I don't give any information and then I'll I'll see where you're going with it and then I'll make an adjustment and I'll try to make it 180 degrees, you know, different because I want to see can you take direction, do you have a range, can you play with the same text, maybe play with the subtext a little bit. Take, you know, and and these are the kind of things that that we get to see that right now is what you're training and that's really the secret sauce. So, and I I always I've always say this to actors because I teach a lot of um Uh, are invited into acting schools to talk to actors as well about an audition process from a directing point of view. And, you know, I'll say to them, and this is a little controversial, but it's like, well, if you walk into the room and you do a take and you do your first piece and then they say thank you very much, well, why don't you ask to do it again? Because how can they tell your range if you only do it once? And old people say, "Well, no, no, our agency never do that." Or no, then they're going to think we're we're um, troublemakers and all of that. I said, "Well, no's already there, right? I think I talked about this last time." I said, "The answer, no's already there. So be bold, right? Just say, well, do you mind if I do it again?' But if you do it again, do it completely different. Don't do the same thing. I mean, people do the same thing. Well, what's the point? We have it on tape. I already got the first one. So try something different." and show them at least you've got range. Um, the other thing, too, is it a TV series or is it a one-of movie? If it's a one-of movie or a one-of thing, I mean, you walk in, there's the director, producers. If you don't get it, you'll never see it again. right? I mean, they, you'll never have anything to do with it again. But if it's a TV series, you've got producers in the room and a casting director, and you may not be right for the role they're reading now, but maybe three, four uh, episodes down down the way, they're still writing, but they have a concept you know the producers are going to the casting director you know what let's bring that person back for episode 9 just to read for cuz we have a character just like that so keep all that in mind
1: you know you you brought up a uh, you know, i mean a lot of really excellent points i know that i have um spoken with directors and casting directors who tell actors like you, you mentioned Never ask to do it again, because if you ask to do it again, you're letting them know that you aren't committed to, you know you, you know, you have to make your choice and you have to stick to it. And the minute you say, well, I could do it another way, you're wishy-washy. Now, on the other hand, my, act, my prominent acting coach in my life um, always said, and as did many others, this is your audition. Don't, yes. you know, don't forget that this is your moment. You you have a minute or five minutes in that room. Don't don't blow them. Don't waste them. If you've done it once and they're ready, feel free to ask if you could do it again. Say I have another uh, way of doing it and and do it so that you you know the idea being you control the room. Don't let them control the room. Um, so from the actor's side, that's what uh, uh, one of the lessons that I got early on was that uh, make it your time to exemplify to sell them you know that you can do it now here's here's my next question you mentioned the movie and the tv um you're right i mean you know the movie is in the can it's done it's over but television you know goes on for seasons or whatever so you could come back conceivably many times Mm -hmm. and or not get hired and or get hired yeah exactly yes (laughs) but um television is is a pretty fast medium and a lot of times they want to know that they're going to hire a one-take actor they don't want to sit there and do take after take after take which i mean even in movies they don't want to necessarily do that but they'll know that some actors are better on their fourth take or their second take or their eighth take or something like that because those are those name actors who you know are are big and that's Mm -hmm. just who they are and what they do you know or they they're methodic but i mean if you're dealing in television um you know you pretty much have to bring it yeah. I mean, you have to bring it all the time, but I mean, you got yeah. you got you to bring it. You got to be available. Um, what do you do, Mr. Peter Marshall, director? What do you do when you've uh, cast somebody and uh, and they don't bring it to the set? I mean, I've had that happen where I was really enamored with an actor. I thought, wow, you know, I've, I've d- done you know they've done multiple things, and then they show up on the set and they either they're not prepared or uh, they just are not at all um, yeah. what I had hoped. And you know uh, it's it's too costly to fire them and replace them, or you know time is running away, or you know whatever. Um,
0: Yeah, uh, I think I I got you. We we all if you if if anyone listening has directed anything or a couple things, you're always going to run into these situations. And and I think also we have to say. In all fairness, we're just talking about actors right now, but there's also a crew that do the same thing. You hire a first AD, and they have all these recommendations that come in, and they just they can't do the job. So or the DP or whoever or the craft service or whoever it is, right? So keep in mind, it's not just actors; it's everybody. You 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 know, if you're a director, you're interviewing production designers, DPs, uh, first ADs, editor. You're interviewing these people that you maybe you're in a different city or you've never seen them before, so you're going on resumes and recommendations. Uh, It's the same thing. An interview is the same as an an audition for an actor. It's like you're, but so you, how do you, how do you know? So the thing is, the question is you're on the set now and things aren't working out. Um, I think that, you know, it's a pretty general question. So I can only, because it's not specific to an incident. So uh, I can be just sort of a general answer, Mm. but I always go back to, let's just back it up a bit have you had an opportunity as you go through the audition to do a callback and callbacks to see how the chemistry. So let's say you've gone through all of that. Because if you just come in, other than you're shooting tomorrow and somebody dropped out and you have to cast somebody today, that's one thing. But if you go to the normal routine where you, you do an audition and then you get someone to come back for a first callback and then you, you you wind it down to so that you only got a couple of people, and then you do a script read-through, and you talk about, you know, then you have meetings with them individually, who are they as a person, script read-throughs, and then you're into rehearsals. And then when you're in rehearsals, you should be seeing something already, maybe not so much in the script read-through, but certainly in a rehearsal stage. You should start to notice something now. Now, that's not always going to happen. Um, usually only in rehearsal stage do your sort of, you know, one, two, three in the call sheet that are going to be rehearsing, right? But it's so it's like if you meet with them uh so all the stuff you can do ahead of time can solve those problems, but for a lot of us uh and a lot of people that are sort of doing indie movies or t v series where you have to time you don't even meet you you cast over the through tapes right right i mean you know I've been on you know i I go on to a city and i'm I'm there and i and I don't even see the actors they're already sort of all done on tape, and I gotta sit in a room with the producers and watch what they're doing and then sort of pick who I want for callbacks. And even they're called back. I don't even get to see them. It's a horrendous process right now. Uh, so, having said all that, I always go back to the to the script. Uh, that's the safest environment to start. in. so, if you're standing on set and you're rehearsing and things aren't working out well uh, with your actor, start with the script. Is there anything we can do in the script with your dialogue? Is it the dialogue? Maybe that's a problem. Um, you know. And and this is all relative. If you're doing your own movie. And and uh, and you can start changing some things. That's one thing. A lot of times on a TV series, there's a mandate because the producers are also the writers. Don't change a word of dialogue, right? Because the the word is sacred. Uh, maybe it's maybe there's things like the sentences are wrong. Maybe they can maybe they can say it more in their own language. Uh, in the, how they as long as the story point is there. As long as they say get the gun, how they say it and all the other stuff around it. It really doesn't matter to get a believable performance. So that's really one of the first things I look at. Can I can I what's the problem? The other thing is most of this is nerves, is nervousness. Now, if a person comes in and does a good audition for you and then just can't do it on the set, maybe they don't have the chops, maybe they don't have all the experience, plus they know inside them that they've cheated to get here, right? Cuz they know themselves that they can't they don't have it, right? So I think a lot of it is just: can you t- talk with them as a director? Um, make them as comfortable as possible. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, depending on if it's a two-shot, you're going to spend a lot of time on the other person reacting and cutting around their dialogue in the editing room. It's a very large question, <laughs> but there's a
1: there's a few, hopefully, some few answers for you there. Um, there are, and I want to and I want to come back and ask. Um, Um, questions related to to the performance but I want to uh, comment on what you also said about crew I recently had uh, a wonderful meeting with a friend of mine in Los Angeles who we were talking about the local hires uh, elsewhere on about a $7 million movie and he said the local hires had no clue what they were doing uh, especially the electricians who were who were crossing their tie-ins and everything else, which which when that comes down to it, I mean that that's where it can get critical because you either can blow fuses or burn someplace down. Yes, yeah, <laughs> there, for are, sure. there are there are there are things that that you know are are. I mean, it's not just you know the actor doesn't know their lines or the or you know somebody doesn't know set protocol. I mean there are, there are things when you're dealing with lots of expensive equipment and. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, practical locations and, you know, sets and things that, that you really do need to know what you're doing. And and uh, it's hard. I mean, because people will, you know, I mean, we're, you know, <laughs> people lie all the time. Um, Stretch the truth to get the
0: job. It's, uh, well, the standard joke in our business is every actor can ride a horse. And, and exactly. you know, if your agent phones you up and you say, you know, hey, John, uh, there's an audition for a Western. So the first thing they want to ask is, you know, can you ride a horse? So what's the actor going to say? Well, yeah, sure. Of course, I can ride a horse. What do you no, Yeah, you know. And then when he gets the audition, he has to be go He has to take pretty quick riding lessons because he can't ride a horse. But if he said no, he may not even get
1: the audition. So yeah, of course, yeah, we very... all we
0: all understand the game, you know, that's being played
1: here. But uh, I, but having said that, when they show up, I, I recently too somebody I forget who it was, but said you know they they were. Hired somebody to ride a motorcycle who claimed they could ride a motorcycle. and They got the set, and that person had never been on a motorcycle. And yep. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's really shooting. By that time, you're shooting your, yourself in the foot. I mean, well, get,
0: and you foot know foot. what? And I have to say, and this goes to any crew member as well, but we're we particularly talking about actors right now. That we're going to find out at some point, right. Uh, you know, it's like being, well, you've got kids, you know, yep. it's like when they're younger, when you're you're in the kitchen, there's 12 cookies in the tray and your daughter's in there and then you walk out and you come back a minute later and there's only 11 cookies <laughs> and she's got chocolate over his face and you say, where'd the cookie go? I don't know. Right. Well, well we're going to find out, you know, <laughs> think right. like we find out and you have to keep that in mind. It's like be transparent. It's it's uh, you know at some point when you go into an audition and you say and you're saying you can do something that you can't now a physical thing like driving a motorcycle or a car or riding a horse or something you know that if you get the role you can't do that or do it very well and what happens then you're going to sacrifice you could ultimately sacrifice your whole career because you, you you just to get the one role and then what happens is your that your name will go around to a lot of people? Basically, this person lied to get on, or they don't they don't know how to do this, and you get a black mark and don't forget it. Even you know it's a small industry, you know even between you know say Canada and uh, you know or LA and Vancouver, Toronto, New York. I mean, it's like it's wildfire. People can find these things out in a second.
1: So and they share know, information.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you've got to be careful. very very careful when you do that because you get a reputation and what you want is a good reputation.
1: Wow, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to ask you a couple more questions here re- regarding the actor and, and and what you're looking for. I've got to take a short break for sure. a moment and say you're listening to Rex Sikes' Movie Beat. The uh, official URL is rexsikes.com. Uh, all of the interviews are stored at the interviews blog. So do that. Please share these interviews and leave comments and help spread the word about my guests and their contributions to you and your learning and me and my learning and all of us uh, by uh, by uh, sharing these interviews anywhere you can. I mean, you, know, you, you have my permission. Post them, share them, comment on them, tweet them, Facebook them, whatever. And uh, join us in the chat room when we're live. Actioncutprint.com is Peter Marshall's web address, his URL, so please visit that. It's chock full of resources. He's got the Director's Chair and uh, Film Directing Tips blog and e-zine, e-zine and blog that you're going to want to check into. He's got an upcoming workshop the ninth and 10th in Toronto, Directing Actors. And uh, you can find out more about that at uh, actioncutprint.com or at Rain Dance Canada. And so you're going to do both of those. Please um, also remember that tomorrow we have Penn Densham. He's a producer, writer, director... And author, he's written an incredible book called Writing the Alligator about screenwriting and creativity. And we're going to be talking about that as well as a new movie, Phantom, an action blockbuster coming out soon, uh, the first of March. So uh, join us tomorrow and and uh, help us promote it. All right, back with Mr. Peter Marshall. So Peter, um, you can't judge the actor really. You can't even judge the crew member by. By what they say, you know they can lie, they can lie in their resume, but you can you know find out about them, you know references can be checked, and uh you know, and you can talk to people who've either hired them or used them, obviously if they've they've worked in the industry at in any given time but what but what about in the room now? Judge the actor by what he does as and not by what he says and and um and so you're looking at this actor in the audition. Yeah, well, I think that
0: actions always speak louder than words anyways, and we can all speak up a good uh, recipe, if you will. And, uh, you know, and so it's really what, what they do. The the proof is in the pudding using these old English terms, but it, it really is. I mean, can they perform, can they not? And so we want to judge them by, and we judge anybody by by choices and by, and by uh, what they do. So that's something to keep in mind uh, there. So that's that's quite real. And, um and so, a lot of times, it's what happens in the audition is you know people walk in and, and we get enamored with the body type, we get enamored with the look, and it's and I've literally been in rooms with producers where I'd say we'll get a, a you know a young woman will come in and she's got like red hair. But in the character description, it says blonde, and she and the actor is really good and walks out of the room and goes, well, no, we, we, that's really not going to work. And I go, well, why not? Well, you know, she's got red hair. I mean, there's some really dumb people out there, right? Right, right. Well, we can get a wig. Uh, we can color the hair. Oh, yeah. So it's like... The, the what goes on it's almost a, it should have a reality show of what happens in an audition room maybe i
1: just oh really yeah yeah <laughs> that
0: would be hilarious yeah but uh we'd all get sued, probably but uh it's there's a see so you have to understand from an actor's point of view that there's some smart people and some pretty dumb people in those rooms and so what you have to do is just everything you got like you said in that 5 or 10 minutes it's your audition you know is, is to do what everything you can just to let everybody know. And being relaxed about things is good and, and and uh but it's also about what you say and what you do. So I mean but it's about what you do more than anything. So that that's really important. And also, you know, like body language. Um it's, it's like we, we alluded to this a little earlier about the, the persona of the person, the character type when they walk in. You know, how do they handle themselves? How do they stand? I mean, we all, you know, when we're nervous, do we do this? If they're supposed to be a, a, you know, an A-type personality character, does, does that person embody that? So this rhythm and, and movement—I call it a rhythm and rhythm and movement pattern—or body language is so important. Um, I have two examples which are really cool. It's like I, I had the opportunity to work with John Travolta on "Look Who's Talking Now" as an ad, long time ago, before pulp fiction and before he sort of uh, became a star again. But I remember watching the movie "Get Shorty," which I really love. It's a it's a hoot as a movie. But there's a scene in there, and it's a very short scene where he's in in this cafe or bar, wherever it is, and, and all it is is he's walking up the stairs to meet this bouncer. And there's some music, and and uh, and there's no dialogue. And you just look at John, and I had worked with John before, but I knew him as a person. But also, just if you don't, you look at it, that scene, you go, this is why this guy's a movie star? Just the way he walks up those stairs. It was it was like there's just something about the body movement, the pattern that he did. Another uh, movie that comes to mind is um, uh, what is it? Heat with uh, Al Pacino. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a scene where he he plays a cop, and he you know he he pulls up to a crime scene, gets out of his car, goes under the yellow tape, and walks over. There's no dialogue, and there's like it's an acting tour de force, and yet it's just because of he's got this persona. He's he's and this is great acting, and and, uh, they just, because it's always, they're always on, they're always there, and there has to be something with inside the real person to be able to do that, because you can't act that, (laughs) you know, no matter how much you try. You can act the words, you can be, you can look scared, you can be happy, you can cry, and all those kind of things. Yes, 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 you can, but there's just a certain way sometimes where people just, how they move and and and, and, the, and the female or male doesn't matter there's just something in it and this that 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 quality that we can't put our hands on so that's really this this
1: uh, body language if you will um so so
0: that's really important
1: it is important and it, it, it makes a lot of sense and and you know when you spot it and there are examples that that, that you gave and, and i always thought the same you know. Uh, I, and we, I think we discussed this before. In fact, you know, because I come up with the uh, time when John is walking up a hill in, uh, and now his name again, excuse me, the Christian Slater John Travolta movie.
0: Oh yes, yes.
1: The military thing. Yeah, or, I
0: think we talked about that last time. Yeah, it <laughs> seems repeating. like we
1: mentioned that. You know, so I mean, it, you know, uh, but yeah, the 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 embodiment, the, the 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 rhythm and the movement. I think I also mentioned it. And if not, uh, Malcolm McDowell in Cat People, he goes up yes. the stairs yeah. and uh, and just has this kind of life-like cat kind of quality when he goes up the stairs, and you go, wow, you know. He, so let's go to character objective. Describe, describe the character objective. What what because you know um, I know one of the things that you say is you don't you know you don't cast an actor who can't play the objectives or mm-hmm. can't find the scene beats. Now. They've gotten their sides in the audition. You know, they've gotten this, and sometimes the scenes are. I mean, if you're the director, you've picked the ones that you think are important because you want to audition them. So you've handed the extra the sides. They've gone out, and they've, or they've had them overnight or, or however long, and they've and they've looked at the scene, and, and and now they're going to play. They're going to come in, and what do you want to see in terms of uh, objective and beats and and. Uh, Well, I'm going to back up a bit on that
0: because when I talk about the the problem with the casting session, uh, the auditions, especially the first ones, is that what happens is you're doing a movie, so you have a whole script, right? You have 110 pages or 100 or 90 pages, whatever it is. And so what you're going to do for casting is you're going to pick certain scenes for certain characters that you want. So what happens is they take the scenes out and say it's scene 12 or Jaunt, whatever it is. And then the, they send it to the agent, but all it is is that one scene, and at the top they get a little X on it, the scene before. So all they're reading is the scene, and they may get a little, they get a description of the movie. Okay, this is a guy, you know, this is about, you know, a guy who wins a card game, he gets on this ship, and uh, then he meets this woman, he falls in love, the ship hits an iceberg, and then they're chased all around the ship by these guys shooting at him, the ship sinks, and blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's, they get a little log line about what the movie's about. Yeah, that'd make a good movie. Okay, anyways. Um, and then they so they have to make a lot of choices, um, actors do, because they don't get a lot of information. So the key is for you to find out in the scene as an actor, what's the scene objective? What they, and sometimes you sort of, because you, you can look through it and you go, okay, well, this this seems to be. Uh, the scene objective here is this, so you have to know that, and even in the scene. And then you have to look at your character and say, well, what's my character objective? What, what do I want in this scene? And, and then let's just say, for example, okay, so I'm have to pu- I'm punishing Frank, so that's it. I mean, I come in, I'm berating, I'm punishing. So, okay, so my objective is to punish Frank, all right? So that's my overall objective in the scene. So when – and you have to make an active choice, uh, when you're when you're learning your lines and when you're getting your character before you walk into the into the room. So when you walk into the room, basically, unless things have drastically changed, as a director, I, I know what the scene objective is and what the character objectives are because I've done my homework too. And so if I know that the uh, that the objective is to punish Frank, then I'll want to see how they do that without mentioning the objective. So when you change objectives, when you when you after you do your first take and then we give a change of objective with the same lines, that's when how I can how I can tell, you know, if they have range they can take direction. So maybe it's instead of say to punish uh, Frank, I'm going to do something like well maybe to humor him, and even though it doesn't make any sense in the in the character or it's written in, can they adjust to that because it's all about the subtle beats uh... they take maybe adding improv any words that that's what i want to look at so staying with the objective is is key and that's why that second objective change is important for a director in a casting because if i give an opposite objective because all i'm looking for now is very quickly like i said before and, and i don't mind repeating myself i think that's a good educational way of going about it is i want to see if you can have do you have range if they if they just do the same thing they just did, then that's telling me something. Either either they didn't understand what I said, or they're 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 they don't know how to go to this other objective. Uh, other times too is that people want you want to stay in the objective. You want to drive it. You don't want to move. You don't want them to float all over the place. So it's it's important that everybody. Knows their objective, and I think actors have to understand that a lot of directors aren't there, aren't well trained either, and that they, their script analysis sucks, to put it bluntly. I'm pretty bold in my old age here, but (laughs) it's and so they don't, they just look at it on face value. They look at it as text. They just look at the words on a paper, and can you say the words? or not and they they give result directing be more angry here be happy here they don't they don't even go to the subtext part of it where you as an actor have to play so i hope i answered that but it's like but you you want to describe the character objective and you want the actor to play the objective you don't want them to move away from it or, or can't get it because that's the whole essence of the scene is about the character's objective what do i want in this scene
1: and, and then at times you have them literally up the stakes. I mean, you know, you, you uh, again, again, which goes for demonstrating range.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I think that's the other, because it's, you know, conflict is, you know, is drama. And drama is conflict. That's the whole essence. And you want to up the stakes uh, because the scene, maybe the scene you're doing is early. You know, it's like you have one scene to do and, and one shot to audition people. So, you know, you want to be able to get different kind of characters. So if you say you, um, just to use some verbs here, because, you know, actors and it's about using verbs, let's just say, you know, you come in and, you, you know, you're you you you're begging. You're, you're begging, so you're begging somebody. So maybe the director will up the stakes to say, well, to demand now. Okay, so you say, well, now demand to get that, you know, the chocolate bar. You know, before you were begging, now demand. Okay, so now they do the scene with the same words, but now they're demanding. How do they do that? And then I can up the stakes even further by, say, threaten him. You know, does he pull out a knife? Does he pull a ruler out? Does he, how does he threaten? Is it because the body language change? He's saying exactly the same words, so up up the stakes is a, is a really good way of, and a quick way of finding out whether uh, people can perform or not.
1: Oh, that's very cool. Now, you... You know, I mean, we always think in terms of positive qualities, but you've said also note the negative qualities of the actor. And what do you mean by that?
0: Negative qualities can be can be anything. Can be height. Can be that they have a mole on their chin. It can be that they have a little bit of range, but they actually look a great. They have a great persona about them. The way they hold the, the language. Everybody has some positive and negative about them. I mean, it could be their hair, whatever. Okay, Uh, so you want to make a note of this if if it's something that's really particular. Um, Because it's not to say that that doesn't not get them the job. It's just something that you have to be aware of as a director, because as a director, you're the only one that works with the actor on the set. The producers can go, hire this person, and then you have to work with them. And then they're behind you in the chair, go, make them them better. Well, how come they can't act better? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like these are the very awkward positions a director get put in. So I think a lot of it is really the the negative qualities are just if they really stand out. But th- that's not a, a reason in itself not to hire someone.
1: That's all. Uh, that's all it is. So, so they might be shorter than their co-star. In other words. So. Well,
0: yeah. Or there's some. Oh. A lot of it could be a physicality. Um, I can't remember, and I apologize to any listeners that have actually heard this story before. But I remember I was um, auditioning a, a role uh, for it was a it was a John Woo's Once a Thief. I was in Toronto '97. I was directing a lot of those episodes, and and there was a gang. It was a skinhead gang. This was what we were you know what we were auditioning for, and so they had all these actors come in that had no hair, and this one guy came in. He was a local musician. musician. And he had this incredible Tom Waits kind of gravel voice. And I loved his look and I loved his voice. It was incredible. But when he started acting, he wasn't very good. Um, but but the thing is, he had only a small role, only a little bit of dialogue. But I loved his look and his voice so much that I went to the producers after and said, let me bring him back and just keep him as himself. In other words, he's a musician. He he understands working with public. He understands being on camera, but he's not a, he's not an actor. If I just keep him as himself, just he plays himself literally. Uh, we and they went with it, and I got him, and I made a deal with him. and I said, you know, and he knew, you know, he knew he wasn't an actor. And I said, here's the deal. I'm gonna I want to have you in the role because of all these. Because I was very transparent about it. But the thing is, I'm you know I'm gonna give you a sign that if you start acting. I'm going to cut, then we're going to go again. I don't want you. And he, and he laughed about it. And he said, okay, I understand. So literally on the set, you know, we would do a take. He'd look at me, and I'd either go, my only direction to him a lot, I mean, I did give a good direction, but a lot of it was I just looked at him, I just went, I lowered my hand and go, don't act. <laughs> <And> he <laughs> nodded his head, and he just, and he became, it was very sort of one note. It, it turns to a little, little bit of a one note, but it was a choice, and it was fine. It wasn't the major lead. But that's what I'm talking. That's a, that's a good example of what I'm talking about. I just loved everything else about him, and his voice was just this milky Tom White kind of voice, and it was so suited the character. So that's just one example, you know, the, and how you use it.
1: That's very cool. I I, I appreciate that. That because uh, uh, we do encounter those things. I mean, people people will directors listing will encounter those those. Uh, people who uh, they can incorporate if they know how to incorporate them. Now you well, yeah, have- I mean if you look at child
0: actors or people that have never acted before. Like child you know, kids that are nine, ten, they don't they don't take acting lessons. They're not they don't they don't understand objectives. I mean in a, in a in an acting sense, right? You it's how you talk to them and how you direct them. That's a whole other Huge thing when directing kids or or people off the street, like people that are you know um, natural natural people that have some natural ability but never acted before. Well, you can't use acting terms with them, you know, because right. they don't they're they're not actors. So you want them to be themselves in a sense, and and we all know, um, you know, like we can see, you know, award-winning films that have people that have never acted before, and it's like that's just really uh, you know directors and and producers and actors really trusting each other to keep the person with what I call within this box. And that's don't let them get out of the box, right? Because that's what they're suited for, that little moment, you know, that's where they are. And like an acting box, a small acting box, right? And when they get out of it, it, it becomes like overacting or something. So always, it's always better, I always feel it's better to maybe go more one, I don't ever use the word one note, because no performer of mine goes one note, but, but it's like you you pull them back a bit, so maybe it's a little more, it, it's it's not large and big, make it a little smaller, at least you can
1: control it that way. Oh, very cool. Now, it makes sense, I mean, you, you've said, uh, you know, I mean, ideally you go, don't, don't you know you don't you don't hire an actor cast an actor who who can't play the objectives cause, you know and you're testing that during the audition and checking the range and upping the you know the uh, the objective to see if they can they can adjust with that I mean and that's along the line of begging and demanding and threatening your equity yeah. or you're changing it and say and saying well, we're gonna we're gonna go to a different objective altogether so that you can test their range and see if they can play. What would be counter, and or if they can make adjustments on the spot because they may have rehearsed the scene in their head or had the script for some time, um, you know, uh, before they came in for the audition. So sometimes actors, I mean, actors get locked into absolutely you know this kind of one note kind of thing that they can't see out of, and so you you can test their flexibility with that. So that's uh, that's awesome, and then and then also. Uh, they can't take direction. So if you do tell them to up the stakes, or you tell them to cross at the particular spot, or to or to uh, engage with the other actor or the reader during the casting mm-hmm. session, they can't do that. You're strictly gonna hire. Them. Well, what do you mean? And and, I, and this is always the area that I really like uh, when it comes to acting and, and scene work with actors. What they can't find the scene beats. You know, if 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 when they've studied their script and they come in and they do it, because cause first up. Um, one is that the objection, the objection can be wrong. I get the screenplay. I come in. I make a decision. I don't know what uh, where this fits in the overall script. Uh, you know, the one log line doesn't make anything to me. I I go, I'm going to decide uh, to play it this way, and and I'm wrong. But i uh, made a choice, and maybe it's, it's appealing enough that you go, well, that's interesting. I can tell the guy can act. Uh, now I want you to try it this way because you want to align the actor with the objective that, that you actually going to want to have them play or whatever, but but it you know but at that point I've got something. It, it's it's probably not real useful for me, for example, to go well. I'm going to go and think about this character, and I'm going to go well. I'm the son of an immigrant who came over on a boat in 1942, and have this huge backstory. If I can't portray it in the room, All right? You know, I mean, in other words, that backstory. Unless there's something about that that I can bring in that that fits the objective and fits what's going on. You know, nobody's So, it's it's what I have to display. But scene beats now, um, where the where the script changes, and where where there are mm-hmm. moments, and where where you see incredible things with actors. When somebody says, "Oh, I was working with De Niro, and he, and he gives so much," or you know, there's that moment when. Uh, can you articulate for uh, the actors and directors out there what you mean about the beats in the scene and about the actors' ability to find those?
0: Well, the beats are are moments in the script where the scene or the direction changes. So, um, it's and actors and actors who are trained will will have learned about their scene beats. They will take a script and they will go through it and they will mark their beats. Um, And and directors do the same thing. And I find in comparison. That directors may have a little more beats than than uh, than actors because we'll tend to also do beats for say um you know, um sort of physical movement or things in the room or how we want to transition things but actors so a beat is really uh for example uh you and I are talking about uh baseball and we're talking about baseball and we're talking about this, and you like the game and I said by the way how, do you, what kind of do you like ice cream? Oh, I love chocolate ice cream. And then we start talking about ice cream. Well, that's a beat change. What I've done is I've changed the subject. And so now we're on to a different subject. Uh, or you and I were talking, and then someone else comes into the room. And that's a beat change because there's an introduction to a new character. Something happens. It's a different beat. In In theater, they call it a unit. So... What is a, one of the most important things to happen for directors and for actors is that to to underline or make a note of all the beats in the script. Because you could have one paragraph you could come in and audition and have one paragraph, and let's say that paragraph is like four or five say five lines. All right. Within those paragraph there could be three beat changes. Which is three different things that that um you know, that you're gonna go through as a character. And it could be happy, sad, and and angry. I'm um, just to use the, sure. just to use very simple terms. So if you can't, if first of all, if you don't find the beats, that's telling me something as as a director. Like, well, this is not all about this. Didn't you get the you know? I mean, keep all things being equal, that you understood the scene and the story point and the objective, of everything of course. So as you go through it, and the beats are not literally just pauses. You know, a lot of people think, well, a beat is a breath, it's a pause. Well, it is that, too. But it's also, you can you could do those five lines and, and run them all together, And, and as long as I can see those three different changes in it. Or you take your beats, and every actor is a little different. I think the, have you seen Les Mis?
1: Not the yet, music?
0: no. Oh, it's amazing. And and, uh, and what well, they, they did, the one thing uh, that no one's ever done before, is they sang live. And for a musical, it's usually pre-recorded months and months ahead of time. And now the actors, when they're on their set, they're just lip-syncing to, uh, to you know, playback. The problem with that is that the emotional beats have all been laid in through the music. So what happens if they're singing a song together, but all of a sudden during rehearsal or blocking, they want to they wanna have a couple of moments of breath. They don't want to say something. Well, three months later, they recorded all the song. They have to go with the song. So what they did in Les Mis was they had actual ear earphones in all the actors, earplugs, and they had a an off-camera guy, uh, a piano player just sitting off set and played the music and when the actors would sing they would take their he would go with them and it became it created this whole dynamic which was um, which was just beautiful and it gave so much more uh impact to the performers because you know as a musical mm-hmm. so they took their beats, and there's some nice behind-the-scenes footage where they they're talking about uh, the moments they had and using the word beats. You know, what I'm. I took a beat here, and I could, and and every take I did, I was doing a singing the song with my you know myself, and everyone was different because I could do it. So those are beats and moments that, and I think, I mean, well, I guess it's, we have to sort of wrap up here. But I guess the last thing I'll say is, when two actors are talking in a scene and they have a dialogue together you want it to be a little different every time because if they cha- if they change the beats the other actor who's listening has to react to that they can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and that's a really good that's when you have magic on the set with between two actors so beats are incredibly
1: important Rex. well that's awesome and and, and to recap before i let you go uh you know these are kind of do's and don'ts for both actors and and directors absolutely right? This is a directory series, so you know when 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 this is never cast an actor who can't play the objective or find the, the 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 scene beats or take direction. I mean that's great advice to to listen to, and I know a lot of people who are emerging filmmakers go. I mean, myself included, you you have to go with what you have available yep. to you when the when word after. never
0: is in quotation marks.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. So you That's go all, you, that's you, all have. you
0: have, and that's that. What then you have? Then you have to pull all your directing
1: tricks out on set. Right. Yeah. So, And we'll talk more about that in upcoming uh, episodes because we do have a lot more to discuss with Peter. He's going to be back, and we're going to let you know exactly when that's going to be. But meanwhile, if uh, if you can uh, check into uh, Rain Dance Canada. Uh, Peter yeah, and- actually, the,
0: the actual correct uh, address is raindance.org slash Toronto. I mean, I'm sure if they type in Rain Dance Canada they get it. So it's raindance.org slash Toronto. And that's and the actual site of Raindance Toronto. Yeah. And you're doing directing actors. Directing actors. Funny that. And you're going to be up, Rex. I'm I'm uh, so excited.
1: I am too. I am too. And uh, I, I can't I can't wait. So I, I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we'll get to meet some uh, movie beat people as well. And uh, and that'll all be awesome. So uh, in the meantime, Peter, have a fabulous day. Say hi to Trilby and, and enjoy and uh, and we'll let the audience know when you're coming back. I'll talk to you in just a few moments.
0: Thank you. Take care, Rex.
1: Thank you for being here. It's always, it's always a fabulous time, and there's so much information that we have covered and that we will cover. Go back and listen to all of these uh, talks again. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Rex. Take care. All right. Bye. Again, Mr. Peter Marshall, and that's the Director Series. This was Episode 22. Uh, I don't know how many more episodes we have. We've got tons of stuff to continue to talk about. So, And I'm so thrilled because we've been doing this for quite some time. And, again, if this is the first episode you've listened to and you enjoy it, go back and listen to the other 21 episodes and, and know that there's more to come. Pendentium tomorrow. Be sure to listen in on Pendentium on, on creativity and screenwriting and <coughs> producing movies. He's done so many different things, television, movies and uh and he's a, he's a, he's a rec- incredible resource as well and you're going to want to be there for that and then uh, as i said i'm in dc and in new york for uh, about a, a week or so and then we'll come back do some more shows before i go meet up with peter marshall in toronto canada for the directing actors workshop uh put on by Raindance canada so uh, you've listened to rexsikes.com rexsikes movie meet the official url you can follow peter at bc filmmaker Dot com, uh, I'm sorry, B.C. Filmmaker at Twitter. It's B.C. Filmmaker at Twitter. He's also on Facebook, Peter D. Marshall on Facebook. Go check it out. Uh, actioncutprint.com is his website. He's got blogs and uh, e-zine you're going to want to check into. So do that. You can uh, join me on uh, Facebook at Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. There's also Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. Uh, on YouTube that you can check into and I hope you will. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter, Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. The last word is abbreviated. Uh and of course that's because it's Twitter. All right, everybody. Now, Serum the movie, we're still in production. Uh the director, I'm sorry, the editors is, is uh we're working on assembly. We're we're beginning that process, but we still have more scenes to shoot. The Serum the movie on Facebook, you can come and check us out soon we 'll be uploading more behind the scenes video that you want to take a look at i 'm sure you will. I want to thank my fascinating guest, Mr. Peter Marshall, and I want to thank you the the listeners and readers of Movie Beat. Many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned and please keep sharing this website and these interviews with all your friends and contacts. Please do leave comments at the player. It's a day before you go away, especially if you're, if you're in the chat room. You can leave comments live or archived. You just go below the player and where it says comments, and you type in your comments and your thoughts about my guests and the show. And everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, which is tomorrow, if you join us, same time, same place, Uh That is a wrap.